0: This is Jason Martinez from Flyers Daily, and you're listening to the Flyered Up podcast. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Now the blast. Oh, that Diving, save, heart, as he flashes across. Freer sets up Carl, side of the net to play the score.
1: Freer moving in, stops, cuts through the middle, still has it,
0: shot. what's up everyone welcome back to the Flyer up podcast i'm your host Damideo Grassi, along with my partner chris mayer as always but he's from a different location he is at his hotel in disney world we are always live streaming on the painted lines ttp sports and flyers fan mania 93 for people who cannot turn into the live stream version of the podcast it'll always be up on apple spotify wherever you listen to your podcasting platforms at so A lot of things to get into today. There was news about Dougie Hamilton and the Carolina Hurricanes, allowing him to talk to teams before free agency starts. And then we also get into other stuff about the Flyers and most likely some of their offseason moves, expansion draft, draft whatsoever, yada, yada, yada. And then also we could talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs and the semifinals, the final four, whatever you wanted to call it, because it's very confusing the way they name it. But still, very exciting playoff hockey. The first game of the Tampa Bay Islander series happened yesterday. The Islanders are currently up one nothing in that. And Vegas and Montreal, they will play their first game tonight. So we'll definitely get into a lot of that later on. So Chris, so you are uh, sponsoring us by Disney today, huh? In your hotel and everything. So how how's everything going?
1: It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's fun. Uh, it's very very hot. Um, the the funny thing about Florida is that it doesn't matter what day it is. It, it rains at any point in time <laughs> because it's just so hot that there's always a, the time at some point we're just going to rain. Um, so yesterday it's like noon and we're going, going into a park and it just starts pouring <laughs>
0: out of nowhere
1: uncontrollably. <laughs> and then, uh, crazy thing of lightning, thunder. It was, it was just crazy. And then, uh, and it, it it usually like it just usually you can tell it it just gets so hot that it like it forces itself to rain. So that's that's pretty much what it but yeah, I mean all in all I've had a I've had a good time so far. Um I did tweet a couple of things the other day. Uh I did some Star Wars stuff, that was fun. I acted like I was a little kid again, that was really cool. Um I did the new Millennium Falcon ride. Uh and then, and then there was a bunch of other stuff, too, that I've been doing. I think Storyland is fantastic, in um, Hollywood Studios as well. But, yeah, the last couple days were fun and uh, excited for the last few days here uh, coming up.
0: And it's funny because how you tweeted, like, oh, okay, I'm not going to plan to do any videos and stuff like that. I'm not going to worry about it. Then the, then this news about Dougie Hamilton comes out, and you are like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it was a thing I was, like, debating the whole time. Like, am I going to make a video? Am I not going to make a video? Am I going to do a pod? Am I not going to do a pod? And I'm just like, fuck it.
0: I'll do a pod. Yeah, there's a lot of things to get in. It's funny, too, when you talk about like being down in Florida where it just like constantly rains out of nowhere. When I was in Vegas and Los Angeles, not one ounce of rain, which is understandable when you're on the West Coast, because those places you're in a desert. Then when you're in Los Angeles, they just go through so many droughts. It's not even funny, but it's just weird because the last time I was in Florida was like, oof. It was like before I even graduated middle school. So it's been a while since I've been down there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I usually, my family does a thing. It's like, we usually go like every year, but obviously with COVID and stuff, we didn't go. We were supposed to go in May of 2020. That ended up getting canceled. Then my everybody was kind of back and forth. And me and my sister always kind of break my mom's balls. We'll be like, uh, yeah, you know, my mom's like, I don't think we're going to go back until 2022. And now we're here in June of 2021. so it's actually not too bad with the masks though to be honest because you don't have to wear them when you're walking around you only have to wear them when you go on like uh, the disney buses or like the monorail to get somewhere or if you're in line or if you're in a store but starting tomorrow you only have to wear them on transportation so the bus the monorail and a bunch of other things uh transportation wise but i think that's pretty much it um so you know you don't have to wear them on rides anymore which is good so um i think it's so unbelievably hot that's like oh my god it's like it's terrible wear the
0: humidity <laughs> oh god man it's 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 then i see a comment right here from uh Sean joining the podcast saying uh, he he has a more important question. He wants to know if, if I've gotten my Flyers tattoo to match Chris's. I have not gotten a Flyers tattoo, Sean. Sure? Maybe in the future, maybe in the future, but I'm, I have no plans on it right now. But you never know. Never know what could happen. <laughs> but going back to the hockey team, that is the Philadelphia Flyers, which we do surround our entire podcast about. So to get into the news that's happened today, So from the Carolina Hurricanes, they're giving Dougie Hamilton permission to speak to teams before the free agency window opens. So, and then you get the... The news surrounding that, you get the entire Flyers fan base on social media just like retweeting, quote tweeting that, just at all capital saying Chuck Fletcher, just just something about Chuck Fletcher, and in, in in correlation to all of those tweets. So even I did that too, just because I wanted to be a, the jerk off that did that. But I
1: always see the ones that say Chuck with like forty five different views. <laughs> yeah,
0: crazy. it's uh, yeah it, that just means that. And I I love it when people do that on social media just because people are passionate right now for the Flyers to get something done this offseason and right now with this news. And there's so many ties to just so many teams that are going to try and their hardest to get Dougie Hamilton. And I feel like talking about Dougie Hamilton, I feel like this was more possible of happening just because of Carolina's owner being more of a cheapskate. And also, who knows, maybe the uh, Carolina Hurricanes impact of losing in the second round to Tampa Bay, maybe that's impacting Dougie's thought process as well. But you never know. But I think it was always going to come down to the ownership of Carolina. They're a small market team. They don't like to overpay for players. And I feel like the owner's not going to be willing to give Dougie what he actually wants. So in this certain time period, this gives Dougie Hamilton an option to look at other teams of what their offers are going to be. And this also gives Carolina some options to see what Dougie's offers are going to be to see if they are willing to counter those offers to try to bring him back. Because this all falls into the hands of Dougie Hamilton. This is all going to be his choice. If he wants to return to Carolina, if he wants to go somewhere else, that's going to be his option. And hell I-, I would love for the flyers to go after him, but this is going to be a, long race to try to get him because I know there's a lot of rumors out there even besides Dougie Hamilton we all see the Buffalo rumors about them most likely not wanting to move on from Jack Eichel and then there's rumors about Seth Jones being traded as well both of those guys could be traded on draft day or before the draft even happens so this is going to be an eventful couple of weeks leading up to the expansion draft to the NHL draft and still even going through the Stanley Cup playoffs in general there's going to be a lot of things happening it's just man.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I, I kind of feel like with, with Hamilton that I saw something the other day on I don't know if it's Instagram or Twitter but somebody put something up of that Elliot Freeman kind of said on in like the podcast they do for Sportsnet that him and somebody else were kind of saying, I think it was him and my name is Chris Johnston, um, but they were kind of saying that he they don't well, Freeman was saying that he doesn't expect Hamilton to be there to you know, stay in Carolina. Um, and that kind of got me going. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I know it's all just speculation and stuff. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think I think Hamilton, he would be a great fit. I think either him or Jones. I'm very surprised to why many people don't want Jones. Um,
0: it's because... It's because the the heavy analytics people that constantly post about Seth Jones and his bad analytics, even though like those have to correspond to him being on a bad Columbus team.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I was just gonna say he's on Columbus. Like it's it's. I mean, I think Eichel has been literally minus in every plus minus stat. I don't think he's been plus ever. I think that maybe the one year he was was 2019-20. 20 I Maybe mean, might have been plus that year, but that was it. I mean, I think you can look that up right now. I can't, but um, and that's that's another thing that kind of sucks doing this is that I'm only on my phone. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my phone. I don't have my mic. I don't my computer. It's kind of tough to do content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, if you look at Jack Eichel's stats, yeah, a majority of, of his stats going back to when he came into the National Hockey League, I know plus minus is a very overused stat, but that basically just described how bad the teams that he is on hit his first season 2015 16, he was a minus 16 2017 it was a minus 13 2018 he was a minus 25 2019 he was a minus 11 his only plus minus year his only plus year yes was 2020 where he was a plus five in 2019 he put up 82 points he was still a minus 11 that's that just shows to tell you how bad buffalo is
1: yeah and that's the thing i mean i don't necessarily look at i don't look at jones or hamilton and be like well you know that's way better like if you can go out and you get that guy and I don't think the Flyers are in a rush because I think they realize they have time and I think it's the same thing with Carolina too Um, and I know that I know Darren Jagger said that earlier that no teams are really in a rush uh, to do anything or to to make any moves right now Um, but I'm not sure I mean obviously it's going to happen like it's nothing but this is definitely the start of something for the offseason I think the way the Flyers get Hamilton is probably it's going to have to be like they did with Hayes. It's going to be at the trade first rights and then have exclusive rights and then sign them. The issue is, what do you give up? Now, I yeah. think they're probably going to have to part with another defenseman.
0: Um, you would have to, par- yeah, part with a guy that's on your roster, most likely a guy like a Sanheim or a Myers. But if, like I said, I am very open to if you're trying to get a defenseman, a top guy, that's going to help your blue line out instantly. If it's a Dougie Hamilton or if it's a Seth Jones, I am willing to give up a guy like a Sanheim or a Myers. Yeah. I am definitely willing to do that. But it's all again, it's all in Chuck Fletcher's to, hands.
1: Uh, yeah, that too. And 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 then again, I don't want to. You know, like I don't want them to get Hamilton and then add another hole. You know what I mean? Because you just added a, a top, you know, a top right-handed defenseman. But you also got rid of one of your top four defensemen. So I don't know. It might be easier for them to do it that way. I don't know if the Flyers want to do it that way. Um, I, I
0: think, think what also. I think what also kind of helps in that situation is you do have Cam York in the pipeline that most likely would be ready to start next season. So if you do, if you do say, give up a guy like a Myers, I feel like York is the instant replace, replacement right there for Myers. And hey, maybe the Flyers still look out into the trade market. Maybe they still look into a guy like a Ryan Ellis or a, a Matthias Ekholm. I still think those guy, those guys are viable options for the Flyers if they still want to upgrade on the blue line. And that's what I'm looking for in this off season. Like I'm not specific. Like, I, I would love guys like Seth Jones and Dougie Hamilton, but like the guys that I'm looking for. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton, Seth Jones. You still look at Ryan Ellis from that. And Matias Ekholm from Nashville. Try to, it, if you can get one of those four players for your blue line, I will be happy, but there's still yeah plenty of other moves that this team has to make, but mm-hmm. getting one of those four players shows that this team is trying to improve to get this team better for next season.
1: Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I think, I think, I think the defense talk is kind of gets – I shouldn't really say overused because it is their biggest need, but there are other things this team could use. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that – I know there's some people out there that maybe think they need another winger or maybe a third-line center. I personally don't think so. Um, I mean, you have Frost still coming off of an injury. You still have Patrick. Uh, you have Lindblom who's going to be hopefully um, – and I would assume that you know, those guys are going to be fully healthy coming into the camp and everything. And, um you know, I don't think the Flyers need any more offense. I think it's kind of just like a, a you know kind of a shakeup kind of thing, and obviously you have guys like Allison Lechinske and things like that too. Um, but I think they could use the fourth line center. Uh, you know, a veteran guy that could play minutes. Brian Boyle is a guy that I would love um, if if he would you know if he would want to do that. I know he's older, but it would be that would be great in my opinion. I know he's thirty six, but he can take faceoffs. He actually has some offensive skill. Um, really good leader. And again, I just think that could be something. I'm um, gonna. I, mean, I, I I'm blanking out here completely. Did we talk about here with the fans? We have not. No.
0: We no. have not. We have not.
1: Okay. Because I, I, for some reason, I was thinking about that. I was like, did we? I was went back. I was like, did we do the podcast the last time before Le Perrier got hired, or I couldn't remember.
0: No, we have not. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that because right when you don't have Scott Gordon, Le- Le Perrier goes down there to Levi Valley. He's going to be the head coach. Like, I know there's like there's so many mixed opinions about it. I honestly couldn't give less of a damn if he goes down there, finds a way to de- de- develop the guys better than what Scott Gordon did. I'll be I'll be happy with that. The only thing the NHL really is for is development. So right. if Ian Le Perrier can get whip those guys into shape, get them ready for the NHL, I'll be perfectly fine with that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think personal fitness is a huge thing with Lappi, and he's the guy that's always been good with the players, so I see no issues with it. I, I really like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then when you look into the NHL side, maybe you're going to have to look for another coach that replaces Le perrier and what he did up here in the NHL level, so who knows if the Flyers are looking for another guy to replace him because I know LaPierre – stop doing the penalty kill that's what mike yo did when he took over i think la Perrier was the coach that like looked ahead towards future matchups to see what potential matchup the flyers are going to have so maybe they just bring someone in from the organization to do that maybe they go out somewhere else you never know maybe they replace a guy heard, like a Tarion.
1: i heard uh, nick nick schultz was a candidate
0: nick schultz was a candidate to replace one, him
1: yeah he's like one of the top candidates, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I th- yeah, I do think eventually that type of move is gonna be more internal than anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think that's like their utmost important thing to replace what Le Perrier did. So no. they're they're gonna do it. I
1: think they're gonna take some time. I think the same thing with Le Perrier trying to find his staff. I think he's gonna take some time to look it over and see who he can get
0: yeah yeah everything more or so is most likely going to be in due time and we have some comments here from the comment sections sean fitzpatrick saying he preserves Seth jones but what does he know yes yeah, sh- sean if you're looking into the if you can get one of those four guys Mate- like i said matthias Eckholm, doggy hamilton Seth jones ryan ellis like you are definitely improving your blue line and that provi- that shows that you are the flyers front office they're trying to restructure this team to make them way better than they were in previous seasons and try to make them into a contender, which it just needs, to, it just needs to happen. We got a comment right here from Jacob saying that Hamilton is an older Sandheim. If we go to, if we go for Hamilton, why do we need Sandheim? If they're the same type of player, let's sign Hamilton and then trade Sandheim in a deal for Jones. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You just never know. Like I said, I'm willing to give up a guy like a Sandheim or a Myers. If that means going after a guy like a Dougie Hamilton or a Steph Jones, that's just my personal opinion. I know what you brought up, Chris. You don't want the Flyers to fill another hole, but like I said, you never know what's going to happen. It's the NHL offseason; anything could happen.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and that's the thing. I like, it makes me think. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of just envision the roster now, and it makes me think if if they're gonna if they're gonna just blow up the roster essentially because if you think of it like this you get hamilton right you already have to give up enough to, just to get his rights because it's a lot uh, that's a pretty steep steep price and then if you want to trade sam Lambert jones it's pretty much the same like i i think a lot of people underestimate the value of some of the flyers i saw this one trade yesterday and it was just a, a <laughs> absolute disgrace it was like it was drew faraby Patrick, Sanheim, and a first-round pick for Nylander, and I was like, and I was just looking at. I was like, for Nylander alone is an overpayment, and it would be you know, the stupid trade the Flyers can make. Then you add the three other players and the first. It's just, like, it's just so funny, and that's the thing. Like, I, honestly, I have no idea if. That, I I think the one thing that I get that I. Look at this stuff, and I think is like when is it like I know we all kind of sit here and we think about like who they could get and the speculation and all that stuff, but like we're it's so hard to predict this stuff. and that's why I kind of think when we sit here and we think about all these guys who they could get, whatever. I'm at this point, I'm kind of just like let it play out, you know what I mean? yeah because I think there's you know we we know who they can get, you know it's the same handful of guys we keep hearing. It's either one of them four, maybe they do something different.
0: I have no idea, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, you never know what's going to happen in the NHL offseason. But I think the one thing is that the Flyers just stand put and don't do anything. I think that's yeah. the completely wrong thing to do, and they they just simply cannot do that. No, I just I think don't. They, know I, they
1: can't do that either.
0: Yeah. And we have another comment right here from Sean saying they need some more grit guys that can play with some toughness and some edge to them. And there's also a question that maybe ties into this from Ethan saying, "What are your th- guys' thoughts on a possible uh, signing of Casey Zizekas as a fourth line center?" I'd be up for that.
1: I would love Zizekas. I just don't know yeah. if you want to leave the Islanders if, if they, you know, like yeah. to cup or
0: if, something. If if they end up winning the cup, you never know. That's the thing. And the Islanders they they have a really good chance at winning a cup with the way they're playing, but it's going to be a really tough series against Tampa Bay. But that series is just going to – I hope that series does go seven because that's going to be a really fun series to watch.
1: I got the Islanders in seven games.
0: You got the Islanders in seven?
1: Yeah, but everybody knows how good I am at predictions.
0: <laughs> that's the one thing. I'll bring this up when we more talk about the semifinals, but I'll bring my, that, my thought up on that when we get into that a little bit later. And then we got a, a coming right here from Mr. – Right here, saying that, uh, still any smoke around Ecom offseason needs to start already. He's drowning, waiting for it. <laughs> I think there's definitely going to be some smoke around the guys from Nashville, Ekholm, and Ryan Ellis, just because, yeah, Nashville made the playoffs this year. But are they really in a position to say, oh, we're, we're our window is still open, we're still in room for contention? I, I don't think they particularly are. I think they're more in a situation where they either have to blow it up and rebuild or they go for a retooling process where they have to trade maybe some of their top their top pieces and try to get a lot back for them. So that's one of their top pieces is a guy like an Ecom, guy like a Ryan Ellis, guy like a Philip Forsberg. I I would say the Flyers are most likely going to try to do their due diligence with Nashville because there were so many ties to them during the regular season and I still think those talks are definitely going to be happening throughout the offseason. I think one of the two is not going to be in Nashville by the time next season starts, if that's Ellis or I
1: think Nashville and Winnipeg are very similar. Um, they're two teams to me that and I, I know it's it's probably you're probably like, why you're talking about Winnipeg, but it's it's two teams to me that I'm like, they're essentially only really good anymore because they're goaltender. You know what I mean? Like, Nashville got hot. Saros was fantastic. They got to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, they have Hellebach. He just won the Vezina last year. Like, I mean, there's there's some of the guys that you look at them and it's just like the team isn't necessarily that good, but they have a good goaltender. Um, and those are some of those teams I kind of look at. I think it's time for Nashville to kind of look at that rebuilding phase. Um, yes, they still have their talent. They have their handful of pieces. Um, but I think it's time. I think they've, they've been in the run for so long. It's like you might as well.
0: And they do have a lot of bad contracts too, like Johansson, Matt Shane. Like they have a lot of like hefty contracts on their team as well.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say some of them are bad. They're just they're just big. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like kind of the similar station that you in, similar situation that you're in with a Voracek or a JVR. It's like yeah, they're still really good players, but maybe you want to be want to be want to tie that much money to those guys just because. And that's kind of the sim. And you don't know what's going to happen with the expansion draft too, because. Say if Seattle takes a guy like a Vorchek, they take a guy like a JVR, Health. They even take a guy like a Goss to spare, which I feel like deep down in my heart, that's what's going to happen. They're going to take Goss to spare and not take a guy like a JVR or a Vorchek. But you never know. Chuck Fletcher can maybe trade something to Seattle for them to take one of those guys. It's just you never know what's going to happen. It's going to be the basic summary of this entire thing. You you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you just don't. It's,
1: it's so hard to this stuff. I, mean, I yeah. mean, nobody, nobody knows. And then, because there's only so few many people that hear about it, and then you get like the, the fake kind of stuff that comes out, like the rumors and everything, and you know, you know and then you hear like all the rumblings and stuff. It it, it just it kind of ruins it to be honest. But then again, it also it makes it fun. So it is what it is. Yeah,
0: it's just I I do like like Flyers fans right now. They're getting invested into those off seasons because they care about their team. They want their team to improve, and they just don't want to see a replication of what happened this year. Just a team that had so much expectations and they fall flat on their ass. They just yeah. don't want that happening again.
1: No, I don't think anybody wants that to happen again. I, <laughs> if that happened again, I'd have, I'd have no idea where. I mean, we'd be in a whole different story. But let's
0: not, we, let's not get into that. Yeah, we, we'd be in a whole different scenario if that were to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Completely. And just if you're going back to Dougie Hamilton, And just looking over his career, like I know uh, when Charlie O'Connor was on the show a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about Dougie Hamilton, like and the speculation, like maybe he doesn't go to a team that has a maybe a, a big market team just because he's a guy that doesn't like the attention all centered on him because he got drafted by Boston. He played in Boston. He didn't like playing in Boston. And then he went to Calgary and he, he, started to progress a little bit there but then he eventually got traded once again to Carolina and they're one of the smaller market teams in the National Hockey League and look how much he's progressed Carolina they're a small market not much of the attention is going to go on that team even though how good they have become and I think more of the attention is eventually going to start circling on Carolina but still once again they are a very small market team but then looking at that going to a small market team their owner has been known to be very cheap. And if you go back to the Sebastian Aho situation, Montreal offer sheets him, that puts Carolina in a bad spot to where maybe they have to cough up more money than he wanted to give up for a guy like Sebastian Ajo. And Sebastian Aho is definitely worth that money that he has right now. He's getting paid like around almost $8.5 million a season. And I think it was a five-year, six-year deal that they were forced to sign him, and he's going to be a UFA when he's like, 27 28 years old. So that's even gonna be even crazier if he does hit the open market eventually. But I don't think Carolina's owner is going to be willing to pay Dougie Hamilton that eight, nine million dollars, maybe what maybe Dougie expects. Because Dougie in his previous seasons in Carolina have been really good. If you go to his first season in Carolina, okay, he had 39 points in 82 games. Not too shabby for a defenseman. But his second season in Carolina, 2019-2020, he was on pace for the Norris Trophy before he got that terrible injury, which ended his season. He had 40 points in 47 games, and he was a plus 30. And that shows how good Carolina was during that season. And for this past season, in 55 games, he had 42 points. So Dougie Hamilton in his... Last two seasons in Carolina have been fantastic, and he has showcased that he can be a Norris Trophy-caliber defenseman, and he's hitting free agency when he's about to turn 28, I believe. So he's right at the start of his prime, like right yeah. at the start of it. So, so imagine getting a guy Florida like...
1: Jones, to uh, just on you know, the other yeah. teams.
0: Like imagine getting a guy like a Dougie Hamilton right at the midst of his prime the past few seasons. He has been a Norris Trophy-caliber defenseman. The eye test shows that he's a really good defenseman. The analytics show that he's a really good defenseman. Imagine adding that guy to your defensive core and how much of an impact that's going to be. And if you put the right offer for Dougie Hamilton, I don't think he's going to care what the market's going to be. But you never know that might that still might influence his decision just because he doesn't like all that attention surrounding him. But you never know the right offer on the table. He takes it. And that's an instant impact to your blue line. And that's something the Flyers desperately need. I'm not saying the Flyers are going to be the favorite to land Dougie Hamilton. I am not saying that whatsoever. Because they're definitely not the favorite, but they're going to be a team that's probably going to push hard as hell to try to get them.
1: They have to. I mean, they have the pieces to do it, so why wouldn't you? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, I th- and I do think like what you said, Chris, I think the more viable option for the Flyers is a sign-and-trade. Yeah, what they did with Kevin Hayes.
1: Only, it might be the only way to. Yeah. Because you have to factor in the cap. And then if you get the exclusive rights, it's like, well, you know, you bargain something here, salary bonus, whatever. But I think the exclusive rights is probably going to be the huge thing.
0: And then I think also if you trade for his rights, you do have that option to maybe extend him to an eight-year deal if you're willing to go that deep into a contract. Mm -hmm. So that's... It's it's going to be a very impactful offseason. I think that's the entire summary. We also got another comment right here from Jacob saying he'd be okay with Fletcher if he didn't add anything on the offense offseason, but ev- but focus everything on adding to the blue line, which is definitely very understandable. You also got to look at possibly adding a backup goaltender for Carter Hart, maybe a 1B type of guy, you know, Dragers on the market. Jo- Johansson from Buffalo, he's, po- he's a possible option as well. Maybe you go after a guy like a Jonathan Bernier because of, I know that like the whole crazy thing with uh, Felix Sandstrom, with him signing over in Europe, and then he got re-signed by the Flyers. It's because you all know with the expansion draft, the Flyers need to expose one goaltender. And I'm assuming Felix Sandstrom is going to be that guy that's going to get exposed in the expansion draft, because I don't expect the Flyers to re-sign a guy like Alex Lyon. No. I don't see that happening. No, so. I don't
1: either. I, I, think, I, I think we kind of knew that from the beginning, like, this is probably going to be Lions last year. Um, I didn't know if he was even going to get reassigned last year, and they signed to a one-year deal. So.
0: Yeah, and then you have to look at – they're most likely not going to reassign Brian Elliott, so you have to most likely look in the open market for a backup goaltender, and there's going to be a lot of options out there. There definitely is. And looking at some other teams around the NHL, too, in terms of their goaltending with the Boston Bruins, since they got eliminated by the New York Islanders, who Tuukka is definitely getting run out of town there. <laughs> like, I I feel so bad for that man for all the criticism that he takes. Like, and he also he needs off season surgery. So yeah, he was playing injured, but just like the criticism that that guy t- has taken or taken from his entire like since being a starter with the Bruins, man he he is like the, the number one hated guy there. Most likely, he's either the number one loved or the number one hated on certain nights. It's crazy. And like, a, like especially during like the uh, Stanley Cup final run against the against the Blues, I'm sure there was a lot of hate for for Raska during that Game Seven.
1: It it's just I just I never understand it. I mean, Rask is one of the reasons why they've been so good for so long, and it's not and it's not like I, I don't even think it's it's Rask. I would not even like I would not even look to blame Rask. I mean, I don't watch the Bruins every every night every game night, so I don't know. But if I was just, a, you know, a normal hockey fan tuning in the game, I would not blame Rask. I mean, there's some things, If we're talking about that game seven. I mean, there's some plays on defense there where they did not look too hot. Oh. And, you know, that early change by Martian, like all that stuff yeah, in game yeah. seven.
0: And... and then when Rask decided to opt out of the uh, bubble early on in the playoff run yeah. for the Bruins and with all the Bruins, like he was just that trying was, to protect his kids there.
1: But... That was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and then like going into round two this year against the Islanders, the Boston Bruins, their depth just didn't match up to the depth that the Islanders had on the blue line and on their forward core. Boston, they are a very top-heavy team. Yeah, their depth did show up against the Washington Capitals, but it was nowhere to be found against the Islanders. It was Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak doing all the work. And during one of those games where I saw Pasternak had a wide-open net for a one-timer, and he hit the far side post, I'm just like, yeah, Boston is losing this series. It's just like after that play, I'm just like, yeah, Boston's losing this series definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's was unfortunate seeing that because it's just like nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like you didn't you didn't even hit the closer post; you hit the far side post. <laughs> I'm just like, how is that possible? But it's just even going into these playoffs, and not even look now, even looking at the Final Four. The Winnipeg Jets to getting swept by the, the Montreal right now. They're just playing at a whole nother level with the way they're playing. Carey Price has been amazing. Their depth has been amazing. Guys like Corey Perry, for as old as he is, still contributing in important playoff games. Guys like Cole Caulfield making some very nice plays. Tyler Toffoli, Gallagher, Kaka Niemi, Nick Suzuki with a fantastic goal against Winnipeg that was dazzling. And then just like, it's so hard because, like, there's so many people, I feel like, that undermine a lot of these teams that are in the playoffs. Like, going to a team like the New York Islanders. So many people ruled out the Islanders against the Penguins. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> the Islanders went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They're pretty much the same team, just they have Sorokin in the net and they don't have Anders Lee. Yeah. And the Islanders, they – yeah, credit Tristan Jari was terrible in that series for Pittsburgh. But I, the Islanders, were, man, they've been playing so, – They're fun to watch. And as much as I hate to say that, they are a very fun team to watch. And what the Vegas Golden Knights did to the Colorado Avalanche after Colorado winning the first two games of that series, seeing Mark Stone step up, them winning four straight games. That series against Colorado was electric. Vegas is a very fun team to watch. And I know a lot of people don't want to see Vegas or Tampa Bay win the Cup, which personally I don't care. Who wins the cup at this point? Uh, yeah, deep in my mind, if the Islanders do win the cup, yeah, I'll be mad because, yeah, it's a, it's a division rival winning the Stanley Cup. But they are a very fun team to watch. I can't help but not be mad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I think me watching all the spit and sick at, at Borelli's, with Frankie Borelli, and everybody is making me want the Islanders to win just so I can keep watching them. But, dude, the Islanders are good. I will say this about Montreal. They haven't played any team that is like Winnipeg. Or that is like Vegas, excuse me. They've played Winnipeg and they played Toronto and that is easily the worst division in the NHL out of this whole realignment. So I don't know what we'll see tonight in game yeah. one. Um I wouldn't shock me if the Habs win tonight, to be honest. Yeah. I think I think one Vegas will win me. in five. Um but again, I don't know. I mean if if Price holds up, I think we have a series because it's two of the best goaltenders of arguably all time playing. in Price and Flurry, if Flurry starts, I don't know if it's Leonard or Flurry or, or what. It's, but
0: it's it's most likely going to be Flurry. That, that would that's be what I would expect.
1: Yeah, that's my guess too. Um, but yeah, no. and,
0: yeah. The yeah. only way I do see Montreal winning the Cup is if Price continues the strong play that he has been doing since like since in the first two series against Winnipeg and Toronto, and like what you said, Chris. It's, it's going to be really questionable because all four of these teams, this is their first time playing outside of the division. So you haven't played these teams in so long since basically over a season at this point. So it's going to be weird to see what matchups you're going to get. And for teams like Vegas and teams like Montreal, those two teams play a very similar style of game. They're fast, they're tough, they're physical, and they have a lot of skill. But I do think Vegas is more talented than Montreal, even though 100%. both teams both teams play a very similar style of a game. I think Vegas just with the top with the talent that they have, they're a more they have, I think, more depth on the blue line. They have more depth on their forward core. And I think Price is better, a better goaltender than Flory, But when Flory gets hot, he get, he's an unstoppable goaltender. And still at the age that Flory is, with the way that he's been playing, I'm just like, shock and all with the way that he's been playing this season and in the playoffs for Vegas.
1: I mean, Vegas lit up Grubauer, so I'm not, I, I'm not too worried. Like they lit up they lit up Grubauer, and they lit up Talbot, who was arguably playing pretty well at the same time. Yeah, so. I think you could see. I, I just can't see them out at Montreal. If I'm being honest with you, I want them to lose so bad because I can't stand them. Um, I just, I just, I hate them. I absolutely hate the Canadians. I don't know why. I think it's, um, I think it's from last year's playoff series because I was so aggravated that it took the Flyers six games to beat them, and it was also the fact that their fans are total morons because they were like. Oh, you know, the better team lost, and, and this and that. I'm like, if you were the better team, if you were the quote unquote better team, you would have won. Like, it, it's such a shame.
0: I like, I I kind of feel the way you do. I don't know. Like, there's just like that weird despise that I have like for much
1: do, because they made it like they dominated the Flyers in like a handful of games in that series, when arguably every chance they had was nothing crazy. And Carter Hart was right there to make every save. Like, they blew they the blew flag out in one game. And that was it. I think they got shut out twice, once.
0: They got shut up two times in twice. a row.
1: Yeah. It was games three and four. Yeah. They got shut out twice. They scored five goals, and they were shut out two games in a row. Like,
0: yeah, it's just that... I, I... I don't like the term that's like I know like criticism I I don't like I don't like the term built for the playoffs with the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, they are a team that steps it up right in the playoffs. They are a team that's very close like that, with each that's
1: other.
0: Vegas to me. That's Vegas. That's yeah. Vegas. Yes. And the It's just that built for the playoffs
1: and Tampa too. But,
0: yeah. And I just don't like that term when used for Montreal just because You have to get into the playoffs. You have to be good in the regular season. And if you had a normal season this year, Montreal probably wouldn't even sniff the playoffs. They probably wouldn't.
1: They made the playoffs because of COVID.
0: They made the playoffs because of COVID last year. And they made the playoffs this year because of a terrible division. Yeah.
1: Because... Because of COVID again.
0: So if you put Montreal in a normal Atlantic Division with teams like Tampa Bay, with with if Florida plays the same way that they did this year, Boston. Boston, Toronto, that's four teams there. And who knows if another if there's another team in that Central Division or in that Atlantic Division that was in the Central. Now it's just that there's so many obstacles, and then you look at the metro, the uh, Metropolitan Division. You have four teams there. That are already going to be well. If you move, if you go back to normal division alignments, you're going to have three teams make the playoffs from each division and then two wild card spots. And those four teams that I pointed out—Tampa Bay, Florida, who are uh, Toronto—and there's just so many other things. I basically summar, summarizing all of this. Yeah. Montreal probably wouldn't make the playoffs in a normal season. I know. Yeah. I just like I mean, stumbled Tampa, over everything.
1: Out of <laughs> Tampa, Florida, Boston. Toronto, the yeah. Red Wings, the Senators—that's
0: that's four teams yeah. right there.
1: <laughs> right,
0: and then if you look at the Metropolitan Division: Islanders, Penguins, Capitals, Rangers. If you want to factor in the Flyers, but not this season, but still, the Rangers had more points this year than the than the Canadians had. So, in a normal season, the Rangers would win that wild card spot over the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah,
1: and again, I think that they're just a team that gets hot in the playoffs. Yeah. If they make it. They they, they squeak in and they go oh. I mean, if they make it then again, that's all you have to do. So I don't know. But um
0: I know I know we just went on a whole rant about the Montreal Canadiens. They're they're still a very fun team to watch, but like it just aggravates me With some people say, Oh, they're built for the playoffs. Yeah. You gotta make the playoffs
1: first. <laughs>
0: We do have some more comments here. We got something from Danny saying, uh, what are your thoughts on the backup goalie position? And there's also a comment right here from Sean saying, any chance Brian Elliott returns? And we did uh, bring that up a little bit saying that I don't think Elliott returns. I think the Flyers, well, we think the Flyers that they're most likely going to go look in the free agent market to try to bring in a backup goaltender. That's, I think is the most viable option for this team. Yeah,
1: that's my guess too. Um, i don't i don't know who it is i think i've like i like bernie i know that was a rumor for a while um i wouldn't mind right if they could get rice that, that would be awesome i know he's still under contract but still um but then again i have no idea i think there's a lot of stuff they can add with that but um i think the flyers can kind of just go for whoever uh, i know there's some people that maybe thought line is all mark um which i don't think that would that would be that bad i mean you look at all mark his his numbers aren't that bad for being in obviously he's on buffalo um but then again i don't know i think there's a lot of options so i think the flyers are definitely gonna take a look at it but I, i'm not really too sure who they can get i think it's just the right fit who they can maybe try to get somebody to come in and help Hart out to um not necessarily help Hart, but maybe be more of like that mentor kind of thing that, that moose kind of was too
0: exactly And we have some more comments right here. We got one from John saying, how much cap space are the Flyers projected to have? And I do have that up on my screen currently. So right now, the current cap space for the Flyers, it's not that much. It's a good old $868,799. They don't have that much cap space. And that's why this offseason is so important to shed some salary to make moves. That's what makes the expansion draft so important. Because they have to try to lose a big contract, like a Vort, like a JVR, maybe even a Goss to spare. And that's what we keep saying, Chuck Fletcher, this is going to be one of the more, most important off-seasons in Flyers history for a very long time. It's going to be very important to shed that cap space, to get more cap space, bring in a defenseman that can help this team play on the first pair of Provorov and just everything else that you have to fix. It's, it's very important. Yeah, We have another comment here. From uh, El Parcio, Philly, saying, uh, "Hey, how you doing, man? Go Flyers! Thank you, thank you so much for the comment. Thank you for joining the live stream. And yeah, going into back into the uh, semifinals matchups, I know we talked about a little bit of the teams for a little. I know some people are still complaining about Tampa Bay being over the salary cap. It, it's a loophole in, in the CBA. <laughs> They're allowed to do it, so I have no problems with it. I like. I know. Yeah, maybe you can make a rule that." If you play less than one, if you don't play any games at all, yeah, you shouldn't be eligible for the playoffs. You have to play at least maybe one, maybe so many games in a season to be eligible for the playoffs. But hey, it's not in the CBA currently; they're allowed to do it, so I have no problems with Tampa Bay breaking that loophole. Many it's, other teams have done it.
1: It's, yeah, it's not like they're breaking any you know rules or anything, or making any you know, crazy changes to their lineup. They're adding somebody who would have been a huge piece to the regular season lineup in Kucherov and it's not like he wouldn't have played anyway. You know what I mean? Like he he didn't continue to play.
0: Exactly. And uh, we got another comment here from Sean talking about the uh, NHL's move to ESPN and TNT. So he thinks that NBC was solid and Pierre McGuire will be sorely missed. I think moving to ESPN and TNT is going to be huge for the NHL. It's gonna get them a lot more ratings, hopefully. It's gonna make them a Kevin, lot more money.
1: Did, did Kevin Weeks get added to that? I think he did. Yeah.
0: I, I think, think
1: a lot of ESPN, right?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people from NBC got added to. I know Brian Boucher, Kenny Albert. Um who's I'm trying to who's one of the uh, color commentators that's on mainly on NBC as Eddie it's, um yeah, Eddie El, Eddie Olchek. I forgot his name for a second. Yeah, he's gonna be. I think Kenny Albert and Eddie, Eddie Olchek are gonna be the TNT guys. Like the main TNT guys, and I think Brian Boucher is going to be on ESPN. I'm sure they still haven't announced who's going to be the primary ESPN color commentator and announcer. I don't think they've announced that yet, but I know there's a lot of um, people that are moving over. Is Keith Jones moving to ESPN and TA? I never heard that before.
1: I think he might be. I mean, he might, he might, I don't know if he's going to be with Flyers full time. He'll probably just still do the same. It'll just be a different network.
0: Yeah, it might. Yeah, if Keith Jones is added to ESPN and TNT, I'm sure he's going to do the same thing like he did for NBC Sports Network. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I know there's going to be a lot of people that want probably Garrett Thorne back for ESPN. Even though I would love that, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know you want him back, Chris, but <laughs> but I. I feel like that those chances are very slim to none just because of how old Gary Thorne is at this point. Who knows if he even still wants to call. Nat, uh, he probably still wants to, but probably at the age he where he probably Orioles just right, wants
1: to. Right?
0: I, think, I think he still does the Orioles. I'm not sure if he does anymore. I think he still does, though.
1: Yeah. Because I know we did them for a long time. Like... What was that? like early, early 2010s? Mm, I, I
0: think, think so. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he's been on the Orioles broadcast ever since he stopped doing NH- the NHL broadcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Is he from Baltimore?
0: I'm not sure if he is. is that, I don't. I, don't...
1: Like, I always wonder why he did the Orioles.
0: it's probably because no. they offered him. They probably offered him a good contract, so he's just like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to turn this down. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think um, Ron Hextall's cousin, the. Uh, uh, I think Leia Hextall she's like a commenter for like a lot of, co- of the college hockey games I think she's going to be one of the NHL analysts that are, that's on ESPN so that's an, a nice move there so yeah that's awesome. Yeah, so I think ESPN and TNT it's going to be huge for the NHL and hopefully eventually with all this money that the NHL is going to get from these contracts maybe the salary cap will move up quicker than it is know. but I doubt I it
1: I don't think it's going to because they've lost so much money
0: yeah because i know because i know batman keeps saying the the flat cap's going to be around for like still at least three more years so we're going to be stuck here because i know yeah the the players have to pay back a lot a lot of the money that the nhl lost i know there's like a lot of stuff with the escrow and everything like that i know eventually they're going to have to do discussions again for the cba so that's gonna be fun whenever that happens hopefully it doesn't turn into another lockout which i will be insanely pissed if that does happen but
1: I don't think so because they're, they have the plans for the Olympics.
0: Yeah, they do. So yeah, honestly, I keep forgetting that the Olympics are this year because <laughs> it, it's it, it, no, they're the, the summer Olympics are this year too in Japan. Oh, I keep forgetting yeah, about, I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: The winter of 2022. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's it, just like, it's just weird because I know like they do, because they keep advertising it as Tokyo 2020 when it's 2021, like I know they're trying to keep it cause it's the 2020 Olympics and all that, but it, it's just a weird advertisement in my opinion, but yeah, <laughs> but I guess lastly, going back to the semifinals, I guess if you want to talk about predictions, I know uh, Chris is not the biggest fan of those, <laughs> but if we look at the uh, schedule for the, the upcoming games in these final four matchups, with the uh, Islanders and the Lightning and the Canadians and the Golden Knights, we like we said earlier in the show yesterday, the Islanders took a one nothing series lead in Game One with a two to one victory over the Lightning. So let's see if the Lightning can bounce back. <laughs> and we have a uh, we have the first game between the Canadians and the Golden Knights tonight at nine o'clock, and then Game Two between the Islanders and the Lightning that'll be on Tuesday. Wednesday will be Game Two with the Canadians and the Golden Knights. Thursday will be game three of the Islanders and the Lightning. F- game three will be Friday between Vegas and, and Montreal. Game four will be Saturday between the Islanders and the Lightning. Canadians Golden Knights Game four will be on Sunday. Islanders Lightnings Game five, if necessary, will be on Monday, June 21st. The 22nd, that'll be Canadians Golden Knights Game five, if necessary. Game six for the Islanders and the Lightning will be the 23rd. Game six for the Golden Knights and the Canadians will be the 24th. Game seven. If that is necessary, which I very hope it is, will be Friday, June 25th, for the Islanders and the Lightning, and the same thing for Montreal and the Golden Knights. Their game seven will be on the 26th. So we have hockey every single day from yesterday to the 26th of June, and then you'll eventually get the Stanley Cup Finals. So nice. <laughs> that is a that is a lot of that is a lot of hockey to go through, and I'm very excited. It just it's one game. It yeah, it is. It's funny too because the previous two days, Saturday and Friday, there was no hockey for the first time since the season started, which kind of sucked. <laughs> so yeah, we've had hockey every day since the season started, which which was weird. But and then there's another comment from Sean saying, "Imagine Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman having discussions dissecting the uh, Canadians and Golden Knights series. Oh God, <laughs> That's what I not that when you were." <laughs> it's funny too because. If you see the the various like Stephen A skits on ESPN talking about the uh, Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid, and like every time Stephen A Smith says, I, "I know nothing about hockey. The only thing I know is that the puck is black." <laughs> that is, that is uh, ESPN and their antics. That's all I'll say. <laughs> St- Stephen A Smith is very funny though, but <laughs> it, it's it's gonna. I, I know ESPN is gonna bring their various NHL analysts back. But it's going to be weird seeing like the mainstay guys. That, I, I'm sure those guys probably will mention like NHL barely, but who knows? Maybe they will force them to. I
1: seriously hope they don't because it's just going to ruin the hockey coverage a bit.
0: Like I kind of hope Kellerman doesn't talk about hockey because I know he taught. I know he said one time that people in the United States don't care about hockey, which is completely false.
1: Yeah, and he said something that like the, the old joke is like twenty thousand people live in a town and all of them have uh, season tickets. <laughs> or something like that. Something so unbelievably stupid. I think,
0: yeah, and uh yeah. good comment right here from Sean Fitzpatrick saying, "Go Sixers." So yeah, Amadeo, definitely. Play the
1: yes. song.
0: I don't have the song up currently. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't have the. I gotta get the song up. I gotta get the song up. We gotta do this before we end the podcast off. I gotta find it. I gotta find it. Play the play the freaking song. Here we here we go. Thank you. Oh, God.
1: Andrew. My dad texts me every morning. He'll be like, get excited.
0: (laughs) Play the freaking song. (laughs) So, yeah. Definitely Sixers play tonight at 730 against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm definitely going to be... Up for that because the Phillies they don't play until ten o'clock and also the, the Golden Knights yeah, Canadian game that's on until night.
1: Yeah. How about the How about those Phillies, man? How
0: about the how about them Phillies? How
1: about Hector Three run fucking home run to DJ <laughs> I'm watching the game. I'm sitting here in this exact spot and I'm watching this. I turned to my sister, There you go, watch them blow this. And,
0: <laughs> and it did.
1: It was like two pitches later. Two pitches yeah. later.
0: I was, the, course, I was at the r- course, I was at the I was at a restaurant Tiraeus. watching the stream. <laughs>
1: yeah, of course, of course, Tiraeus, you know, scores the the, the winning run too. <laughs> like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the Phillies have been very fun to watch the past couple of days. Luke Williams was will just walk of off home run. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Gene Segura has been hot as ever and definitely we deserves too. an All Star vote. But for some reason, he's not even the favorite on the All Star ballot, which I don't understand. But
1: hey, who is it, Hoskins?
0: It's um for second baseman in the National League. It's Ozzy Osby's from the Atlanta Braves, who's not even having that good of a season. Uh, okay. Because the Braves right now are currently a dumpster fire, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna judge them that oh, much.
1: I'm just waiting for the Mets to have their annual season plummet.
0: To have their LOL Mets moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the Phillies have just about the same. So
0: y- yeah, they uh, do. The but... <laughs> keep, they
1: keep trucking and they keep picking up wins. Hopefully, they uh. Get something going because if they can do two or three here against the Dodgers, I'd be very happy.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's Yeah, we have a lot of important things. We got Sixers tonight. We got game one up between Vegas and Montreal. We got Phillies. That's a lot of stuff jam-packed into this week. A lot of hockey, a lot of Sixers, and as we always say, play the freaking song. And I think that's just – that's what you got to do. You got to play the freaking song. Every single time and I feel like every every podcast we're going to do with the Sixers continue to win games, we are going to play the freaking song. So especially
1: if they in the NBA Finals or something.
0: I hope I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> this, the players
1: this... get Seth Jones out there, too. Yeah.
0: Hopefully. And hopefully yeah, I know I know Seth Jones technically has ties to the Sixers because his dad is one of the coaches there. So maybe, you know, maybe that entices something. So yeah, um no. you never know. You definitely never know. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the city definitely needs the Sixers to, with this run. They definitely need the Middle East to get to the finals. and win the championship. The city just desperately needs it. They need a break. They need something won.
1: Who is the – I know – who is Darnold Nurse's uncle? Did you know that he's he used to play – I forget who he is. I think he was on the Eagle for the Sixers. I am not sure. I, I got to look that up now. I remember looking at it one time. I forget who it is. <laughs> I think he was on
0: the Eagle. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up now. Well, I guess while you look that up, Chris, I will definitely close off this podcast because I think we're getting closer to the hour mark. And I think the uh, many viewers want to stop watching at this point. And we need to move on to our day with all these great sports, sporting events that are going to be happening later tonight. So definitely – Always check in on the painted lines, social media, everything. Their links are going to be in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe to our various YouTube channels for me, TTP Sports. For Chris Flyers, Fan Mania 93, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Amadeo grassian 98 for me, underscore Chris Mayer for Chris. Don't forget to check out the Florida podcast, merchandise, website, and everything like that. All of those links and everything will be down in the description below. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this Edition of the Florida Podcast, and someone in the comments mentioned McNabb was yes. the answer for you, Chris. So there you go. Thank, thank you, you La- thank you, Larry, for that answer. So, like I said, everyone, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It'll be up on Apple and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. at in case you tuned into this late or if you just missed it. So, without further ado, thank you for listening to this edition of the Florida Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia. That's Chris Mayer. Let's go, Sixers. And let's see who wins game one between Montreal and Vegas. So, see you later, everyone.